Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast. If you've ever daydreamed about running your very own baking business, then you're in the right place. I'm Lauren, the Cheerful Baker, and I'll be your guide on this delightful journey where sugar, passion, and entrepreneurship collide. In each episode, we'll chat with talented bakers, entrepreneurs, and cookie decorators who've transformed their passions into something truly magical. Whether you're a seasoned baker or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll uncover the secret behind successful baking businesses, share tips and tricks to help you level up your skills, and unravel the stories of those who've created thriving careers in the baking industry. Plus, I have an exciting announcement for all of our listeners. Introducing the Cheerful Box, a monthly subscription that brings joy and inspiration to your doorstep. Each box is carefully curated and filled with items to enhance your baking experience. Inside, you'll find a surprise collection of unique cookie cutters, clip art, and a stencil, plus an exclusive link to my online cookie decorating class. It's the perfect way to indulge your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to this episode, be sure to check out the Cheerful Box. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your door. Visit our website and subscribe today. Now grab your cup of coffee and let's get ready for this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. And today I'm so excited. I have one of the OGs of cookies with me today. We officially met at CookieCon and she shared with me that she's been to every single CookieCon. So if you're trying to guess who she is, let's see. I'll give you a second and we'll see if you're right. It's Terry Lewis. Of Tweets Cookie Connection. So, Terry, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell our listening audience a little bit about your background and then assault you with questions and we'll find out all the good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I am so grateful, Lauren, that I met you and to be a part of this. It's the cookie community has been so life changing for me, truly, especially been going to every cookie con and The people that I've met, how it's changed my journey in my cookie world has been incredible. So I hope people go to more than one cookie con because it's an imprint with a community of of people that changes your heart. It just changes your heart for a lifetime. And so, yeah, I've been cooking since I was in my 20s making rolled out sugar cookies, but never decorating them. And I've always wanted to decorate them like Martha. I always wanted to decorate like Martha Stewart, but like everybody, when I had my kids, I had to be that super mom that did everything. Right. And and then I, I actually had a few of my own entrepreneurial businesses at the time. I had a floral business and I faux painted model homes for a while. And so I did that. But once my kids got out of high school, I was like, that's it. I'm going to just go to YouTube University and I'm going to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like Martha. So I immersed myself in YouTube videos. And at that time, the big people that I followed were Lila Loa, George Ann, 
Um, Marty Magoo, Liz, Callie with Sugarbell, and Marlon. She was Montreal Confections, Cookie Crazy, Pam Sneed. These were the old OGs in it. And I was just like, okay, I am just going to try this. So I watched videos for three months and practiced. So I would get done and practice and practice. And it was coming together. And all of a sudden I found out, I don't even know how I found it, that there was going to be a cookie conference, cookie con. Uh-huh. And I immediately went to go sign up, wondered if they had any tickets because I think I signed up in October and it was going to be, or no, I signed up in December and it was going to be in March and they still had some tickets. There were only 200 of us that went to that first one and we were all in just one room. But anyway, that's where everything really shifted for me and changed Mm -hmm. and not having any idea what I was getting into (laughs) or, or even I was, and there was a sugar show. And so I entered a piece for the sugar show and I'd only been doing this for about six months, decorating cookies, the baking part I had down to a science and, and sprinkles. I was really good with sprinkles. (laughs) So anyway, I, I went and met Julia Usher, who was just like an idol for me. Yes. Her books. I wanted to do it so clean like she did. And Mm -hmm. Liz, I have an art background. So I painted a lot. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to paint on cookies. Lisa with Barefoot Baker, she was teaching us how to airbrush. Gloria Bakes taught us how to do photography. And it was all in one room. What a dream. It was incredible. (laughs) And my mom went with me. Oh, and that's why in my booth now, if anybody's ever been there, they'll see this older woman standing there for a photo op. My mom was like the grandma of the cookie world. And so she went to every cookie con with me. She can't now. But so anyway, it changed my life. It changed my direction. It changed my my passion for why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I took it out of something that I wanted to do for me. And realized, hey, this is an opportunity to share with everyone else. So it really- I love that. That is so well put, Terry, because our backgrounds are similar. I worked in a florist. My dad was the head of the ag department at Eastern Kentucky University when I was growing up. And so after school, I would go over there and I would... He would say, here are the flowers you can play with. Here are the flowers you can't touch. And so I, I learned how to... Um, do all kinds of wonderful floral designs through that. And then I was a painter. And so I was there to say, no, I never did faux painting on walls. I think maybe I did one wall, but I would do pictures. Talk about stress that people would actually buy and hang in their homes. And you're like, we can't mess that up because it's permanent. But then I got into cookies. And the reason I loved cookies is exactly what you just said. When you do cookies, you do it for yourself as far as the creativity and the enjoyment. But the enjoyment comes from the fact that you are doing these for someone else. And it's sharing. It it is. That that the good Lord has given us. And because that's what we're supposed to do. And when I stopped making things about me, and I tell people this too, when they go to Cookie Con, enter in the sugar show, challenge yourself because if you don't, you're going to get what you, you're going to get back what you put in. And if you start thinking you're not good enough, then 
That's making it about you. He's already given you the gifts. Right. Put it out there and try and go for it. And that first cookie con, I won the mystery shape. And I got an instructor's award. Wow. The very first one. I took pieces that I, I won with in the very first one to CookieCon, the 10th anniversary last year. And it was funny just to see where I've gone. But the interesting thing that the other thing that I've always stayed with and I tell people is find your lane early on. I learned a lot from Steve Ells, the owner of Chipotle. And when he started Chipotle, he said, you know what? The key when you're starting a business is don't give a lot of choices. Because if you have too many choices, it's hard to narrow down what you're going to be good at. Right. And that always stuck with me. So I knew like when I saw airbrushing and all these different techniques and all these things that they were doing, I was like, I don't want to do all that. And Artie McGoo, the painting just really spoke to me. I hated decorating, coloring icing. I hated it. Karen, Mike and Karen, who organized it, Karen taught us all how to make these bullets in saran wrap to stick in our pastry bags when we colored and I would twirl them and do, (laughs) I had stuff all over my kitchen. And so I was like, I don't like coloring icing. I don't like doing any of this. So from day one, literally, I've always just painted on cookies. Is that right? And the way I drew on them before was, and what did I know? I was drawing on with a pencil and people were like, you can't draw with a pencil. And then I would pipe everything and they had gels. So I would just paint it on. So from day one, I've kept it simple. Like what Steve said, pick one route so that you can master that and get good at it. Just like outliers, put 10,000 hours into it and you're going to master it. Right. So I've never really strayed from that. And I do think that's another big key that your creativity that we get from the creator, it just opens your head so much more if you're already like guided in a lane. I agree. I always tell people, and I've said this on this podcast many times, but I believe if you are living in your gift, the gift that God gave you, you are going to have success. And that's exactly what you said. You were a gifted painter and you decided, hey, I'm just going to stick with doing this on cookie. And what the great thing about cookies is if you mess up, you can eat it. You can find someone to eat it. And I think that for me, when I was painting canvases, I enjoyed it. But there was more, not stress, because it's still fun, but I was more concerned (laughs) that every stroke that I put down needed to be the way that I wanted it to be because it had permanence. But when you're painting on cookies, I think you can have more freedom because they're little canvases. And if you mess up, you just grab the next little canvas. Exactly. It's not a wall. So you've just got a little tiny canvas that you could. And I can tell you, literally, in all the years that I've been doing this, I have made more mistakes than I probably have done great things. But it's those gifts, those mistakes that have made me such a better decorator because then you have to think backwards of how okay how can I correct this or right. where do you want me to take this Lord creatively to make it something different 
And actually where it's led me through the years, because I'm not a perfectionist when I'm drawing or doodling or anything else. And when there's an oopsie on there, that's when I've started taking advantage of embellishing a cookie. So that's where I use glitter and I'll use, I use a lot of wafer paper, flex frost, fabric, just different things to just embellish or I'll make a toothpick rose because you can cover up, right? It work out. And it's that creative piece that has enhanced my tweets cookie style. And so that's why if you stay in your lane, people will recognize your style, your cookie. So, you know, they, you can pick out a, a Magoo cookie. You can pick out a Lila Lola cookie. You can pick out a Tweets cookie because right. that's just the signature look. And the other thing that I was all about, because I wasn't a fine artist, I always wanted to be fun and mm-hmm. physical. And so I'd use really vivid colors. I love when I'm dressing up or getting ready. I I really think what brings my outfits together or brings me together are just the finishing details, like putting a piece of jewelry on. Right. So that's what I call putting my dragees on or putting a pair of shoes that it's going to complement the, the cookie itself. So I always paint the sides around my cookie gold so that they've got oh. their shoes on them. That's and, a great idea. And that way, it just it's that little detail that finishes it, makes it different than everybody else's, and allows you to charge a lot more money than just the basic. So yes. like everyone else, when I started, I was doing custom orders and I did start classes and teaching right off the bat, but I was doing corporate teaching with them. So, so yeah, that's, and my background is super mom first. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it's okay. Totally immersed Mimi grandma now with what I'm doing. And then my business is growing. So I'm anxious to talk about that. So you were talking about the heartwarming aspects of being a cookie decorator and doing things for other people. Can you think of one particularly heartwarming moment through your cookie decorating career? I have had so many. I was a core instructor at CookieCon and it was so heartwarming the next day because I was teaching people how to do stuff, embellish with candy melts, with chocolates. Mm-hmm. And I brought a bunch of pieces and stuff that I made. And it was so heartwarming that people came up to me and were so excited to try something different. And then when you follow up the next day and I had, there was just, it was so backed up with people that wanted to do this. I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay, Lord, obviously I'm supposed to teach this. So it was so heartwarming to see that I got out of my own way so that I could do something for these other people. Teaching at add-ons, them teaching me things is probably what was the most heartwarming. Yeah. Like I had lefties in my class. They were teaching me how to right. teach a left-handed person. Right. Or if I, They just taught me so much more about how I could share even better to them. Yeah. And then 
watching my mom with Mr. John at Cookie Karaoke or, or just how people just, they just fell in love with my mom. And I, that was really heartwarming for me. Yes. Um, and then just getting to meet so many people. And that was so, there's been so many wonderful things. So many wonderful things. You were talking about Julia Usher. Do you know that I learned how to do royal icing by watching Julia Usher's royal icing video probably 50 times? Oh, yeah. Because when I started doing cookies, a friend of mine actually said these words to me. She said, you're already painting. It's just like painting with icing. And I'm like, I could do that until I tried to make it. And then I realized, oh, this is not quite as easy as I thought it would be. Yeah. Julia Usher is fantastic. And you can gain so much knowledge from watching her videos. Oh, and her books, like hers were the first books that I ever bought uh -huh. in the cookie world. And she was actually one of our instructors at the first one. And at the time, I don't know where Julia, she had a brother that lived out in Boulder and I'm in Colorado. And I was like, oh, Julie, got to come. We got to be good friends and oh. sign my books. And I'm like, oh, you got to come out to Colorado. I want to learn from you. I want to learn from you. She is an engineer by trade. Thus, why everything she does is so perfect. I didn't realize that. Yes, she was an engineer. And yet she always loved to bake. And so she went to pastry school. And that's where she's just amazing. But all of her stuff was so precise. She's an engineer by trade. She's an amazing woman. I love her. What I think is so neat too about you, Terry, is the fact that you are a business owner who is also the artist. Because a lot of times you don't find that. And so you can show people how to use your products because you actually use your products. Right. So how did you come up with your name? It's such a fun name. So initially when I started Tweets, I have two other sisters and my mom, and we call ourselves three chicks in a hen. Oh. And, and that's actually what I made my cookie design with. But anyway, so my sisters were going to do this business with me and they bailed because their kids were a lot younger than mine were at the time. Uh -huh. But when I was, they were helping me come up with the name of the business and I knew I wanted it to be cookie connection. Like I knew cookie connection had to be in there because we're all about connection. I'm from a very large family. So it had to be the connection. Right. And, and it had to be about love. And they were like, you could call it Terry's cookie connection. I'm like, no, that's so self-serving, um, <laughs> but I was doing sweet stuff. So I was, and I, cause I was thinking about a logo and I wanted it to be simple. Apple, it's just an apple or tweets or Twitter. It was just a bird. And I was like, oh, Terry, sweets, tweets, cute connection. And then just the bird was my logo initially. Uh -huh. um, and now I've got an elaborate little cookie jar that the birds are in to keep it a connection. And then my tagline was cookies and hearts. It's where the connection starts. Oh. Because it's all about the love that you're sharing with other people. So that's how I came up with the name. I knew I would like you the moment I met you. And the more time I talk to you, the more I like you. <laughs> We're soul sisters. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get into manufacturing your own pins? Your so, pins 
let me just give a shout out. There is nothing like a tweets pen. Oh. And when I first started, I thought, what's the difference? A marker is a marker, a pen. No, that is not the case at all. The amount of pigment that you get from Provide one of your pens is unlike anything else on the market. Yeah, I, it is. And that was really important to me. The pigments, the pigments are amazing. Were you just sitting around one day and you thought, I think I'll make my own line of pens? <laughs> well, here's the deal. In the beginning, I used Wilton black markers to draw with, and I used rainbow dust because that was pretty much what was available. And I used all of those. And I got to be honest, when I was, I was doodling and stuff, I used what were called rapidograph pens. And so I wanted something with a really fine tip. And I just started talking to different pen, just started trying out different pens because I've always drawn on my cookies. After I stopped piping, I would use the rainbow and the Wilton pen. And the problem was I like to draw first and then I like to paint over it. And I needed a pen, I needed a pigment that wasn't going to smudge or bleed because I didn't want any of that to bleed. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started working with different people and found the pigments that I wanted and found the manufacturer and put it all together. And I introduced it, I think I introduced it in Indiana. Mm -hmm. I came out with just the black one first because that's still... Mostly when I'm doodling and stuff that I use first. So, yeah. And then people started saying, we want colors. Uh-huh. So then I looked into more colors and added the colors. And then people wanted like a calligraphy, which I'm still working on that tip. Mm -hmm. um, I have so many exciting changes to tell about. Oh, good. I can't wait. We anyway, um <laughs> Yes. And then I've just stayed in my lane. Like I've always just doodled on cookies mm -hmm. and I painted. The other thing is I don't paint with gels. The pigments that I get, I use from powders. Okay. And, and so I have used Everclear always to paint with it because it dries instantly. I've, that's just what I've done. And, and so I would teach people how to use the powder, the luster powders. And the first ones I started using were called crystal colors by sugar paste. And I, and cause at that time, sugar art wasn't really out that much. Holly and Ed weren't doing a lot of lusters, but then they started. And once they introduced their line, I would switch between sugar arts and crystal colors and TMP, Truly Mad Plastics, they have such great, they have such great metallics and they would actually sponsor me when I did add-on classes at CookieCon or different things. And I love their lusters. I wanted stuff with a lot of sheen to it. Right. About sparkle and glitter for me. Right. And the reason it is, not only because it makes it so pretty, it covers up flaws. Right. And you can do things really quickly. If, and I project everything onto a cookie, whether I hand draw it or I find stuff on the internet, I draw, I copy everything with my projector and, and I show that to people. Right. So you can do this. And truly that's where repetition is the mother of all skill. The more you do it, 
the more you're going to master it. Mm-hmm. And, so, and people say, I can't do it. I can't do it. If you're not going to try, and if you're not going to do it very often, you're not going to master the skill. The skill can be taught. You know what, Terry? I taught elementary art for a few years. And during that time, parents would ask me, can you give my child art lessons? And you know what I would say to them all the time? Here's what you need to do. Get your child a coloring book and have it beside them with a plain piece of paper and then have them try and transfer the image that they see onto the paper, because that is the skill that can help you so much if you're worried about or nervous about being able to draw. Just start out with that very simple thing. Or like you said, use a projector. And it's amazing. I think sometimes I believe that we all have creativity within us. And when you start and you just try, sometimes you can really amaze yourself with what is possible. I agree with you 100%. And I think that's just brilliant what you shared with those kids. I've actually been doing that with my little soon to be five-year-old granddaughter. I was taking care of her yesterday and she's really into mermaids. Oh, I found a mermaid picture. She says, Mimi, can I do cookie dough? And she loves to watch all the reels on Instagram. And so she'll see cookies that people are making and she loves to make cookies with me. But anyway, she found a mermaid that she's like, Mimi, can you draw this and I can color it in? So I showed her how I drew it just from looking at the picture. Uh And there's actually, I bought for her these little grooved books of how little kids can start just drawing in the grooves to That's learn to make a turtle or a star and stuff like that. We're all part of the creator. So right. our creativity comes from our creator. Right. It's just a matter of using that muscle in our brain and in our heart. Yes. And so if we don't practice using that muscle, we don't think we have it, but you've got to use it to know what you've got. And so it's just a matter of getting past that fear and starting to use that muscle. And the more you practice it, the more those little kindergartners or those kids were were practicing those shapes, that muscle's working in the brain. And then that feeling of excitement is in the heart. Yes. So it's imprinted and they can learn it that way. And that's why using a projector does the same thing. The more you're doing it, the more you're writing fonts, or the more you're doing that, you're using that muscle. Right. And so it's muscle memory, and then it's connecting with your heart. I love that art is your mind connecting with your heart. I've cool. never heard anyone say that. But cool. that is so true, Terry. That's where the connection starts. It's with your heart. Yeah. So now your name is, it is perfect, because that's exactly right. what it does. I'm chilling because that's the gift he gave me. And this is always about how I can share it. And right. it's been very good to me. That's why I say there's so many heartwarming things like with just everybody I meet. It's mm-hmm. just, I've just really, this has been so wonderful for me. And it's been life changing for me. Um Even through, I have an illness now that even that, oh my gosh, he's making my illness better just 
through giving me the strength to do all this and continue to share. So tell me what you have. Do you want to share some things you have upcoming? Because I want to, I'm listening. I have, as I said, I always use luster dusts and I always use glitter dust. And I, I, when I do PYO cookies, I use the PME glaze to create like a PYO cookie. Yes, that stuff um, is miraculous. <laughs> that PME glaze. I, it is. Isn't it fun stuff? And so I am coming out with a tweets line oh. of my own luster dusts, my own petal dusts, my own glitter dusts, and my own glaze sprays. That is so exciting. Oh, I can't wait. I'm hoping to have it all by Christmas time. That is wonderful. So will they be on your website for Christmas? For Christmas? That's my plan. That's (laughs) that's my hope. And then obviously at the next Cookie Con, I'll absolutely have everything. But hopefully I'll have it up and ready. I'd love to have it before Christmas. I'll have a lot of different shades. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of different lusters that work in conjunction with the pens. And yes, I'm very excited. When I first started making cookies, I would do the PYO cookies. And I didn't I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, like most of us when we very first start. So I would draw the design with a another company's marker on the cookie. And then I would give them a palette and tell them to mix it with water and of course, you know what happens, right? It bleeds what? all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> black, it turns into a black mess. And I thought, what in the world am I doing wrong? I see people doing this. And then I realized, okay, instead of that, I'll swipe it on with royal icing. But I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to draw. So when I found the glaze that you could put on top, it's the it's the greatest thing ever for not smudging your cookies, but you can only find they're the only company that makes it. So they need a little competition. Yeah. I'm glad you're coming out with it. (laughs) I'm coming out with one. And then it also has a really nice shine too. It does. um, That you can paint it on. So I'll have an aerosol and a, a paint on. Wonderful. I worked with the global down syndrome foundation and still Uh do, but, And so I used to work with a lot of Down syndrome kids. And so I didn't want it to smear so much. Another reason that I wanted to come out with that black pen so that it didn't smear when they were coloring with the paints. Yes. Water, because obviously that's what they're going to do. But then putting the glaze on top of it, the only thing that I discovered with some of the other markers is you still get a little bit of bleed when you spray the glaze on, right? You have a little bit of discoloration and with the tweets, it didn't do that. So you can make the PYO cookie erasable when you put that on there. Arlene Chua has these little markers and they're great that little kids can paint on there. And then you could take a wet paper towel, a damp paper towel, or like border Lisa at Borderlands has those sponge. Those yes. Sponges just wipe it off and they can repaint it again. I didn't know that. That's great. Yes. So I'm really excited about all that coming up. Now, I know you teach classes for Cookie-a-thon. And I, do you I, still teach at CookieCon? No. I would love to. 
And I, I just physically can't. The last two times I've been, and I'll, God willing, do the same in Austin, I do a demo. Mm-hmm. The thing that also is just God sent to me, when I was in Florida this last week, I don't know, it took us four days to drive uh-huh. home. <laughs> and I still haven't put anything on cookie. I haven't put anything out there to thank anybody yet. I haven't done any social media because I had to get all my orders out that I didn't get out for a week and a half. Right. I met a cookier that lives just 15 minutes down the road from me that is going to help me do all my social media. Wonderful. And, oh my God. God sent this person right to me and she lives right here. So that's going to be a huge piece for me that I'll start making some reels. I really want to charge a lot because I feel like this is just a gift. I'd rather just share it. So I'll probably do a lot of stuff on videos, free stuff. And yes, and then just try and keep it as free as I can just to share with people. But yes, I do need to start just putting things out there. So I'll start doing a lot of stuff once I get the luster dust. And, but teaching, I don't have a lot of breath. Like it takes a lot of breath to talk and to teach. Right. Yes. To do that for four hours, I, don't, I wouldn't have enough breath to do sure. it that long. But I love it. I really wish I could. I am going to be teaching holiday cookie-a-thon, and I'm going to start doing more reels. But there are some things that are on Instagram. I love teaching how to make funky things with candy melts. And you can make modeling chocolate from it, but I actually will take silk leaves and tear the petals apart. I'll just put the candy melts, the melted candy melt on the the leaves, pop it in the fridge for 10 minutes, pull it out, and it's hard. And it takes on the shape of the silk flower. Or so you can then mold and make all kinds of fun embellishments. And it tastes, kids love it because it's soft. Right. No, it's not fondant and it's a little bit more realistic looking. And I used to quill. I used to teach people how to quill with wafer paper. Oh gosh, that's hard. (laughs) But it it was so fun, like just how we would. So I do have some videos from the past or how I make clouds or hair or funny stuff like that. I have to tell you a funny cotton candy story, Terry. When I did the Christmas cookie challenge, my my 3D cookie was a hot air balloon. And I had this great idea. I'm like, I'm going to put cotton candy on the top to look like clouds. I thought it was the most creative thing. I really thought it was going to give me an edge. The judges didn't like it at all. Why? They said, you, we, don't want, we really love your cookie, but we don't like that cotton candy. We don't think that it needed to be on there. I put it on top of a decorated cookie. There's a Valentine series in there where I just took the white. You might just have one of those cheap cotton candy makers. I took yes. it to Cookie for add-ons a couple of years where we uh-huh. played with it. And um, I just made a big fluff cloud and then made some arrows and just stuck them into the cotton candy. Uh-huh. And you've got an adorable cookie with some little heart cutouts. Or even red hots. Yeah. So that's where I'm all about the embellishment and the writing on it. Yeah. Now, do you ever take your pens and, and I'm sure you do, but draw on them and then dip your pen, dip your paintbrush in a little bit of water and do it like a watercolor? No, to the fine tips. And the reason being is, Mine, this is the difference. This is why they don't smudge. They dry instantly. 
That's what's so fantastic about and them. So you can't, it's the open time is it's the fine tip pens. Open time is about two seconds. It's incredible. The brush tip pens, the open time on those is about, you can do it and not with water. It won't work with water. Okay. But, and I will have a solution that you'll be, that'll keep it open for about a minute. Oh. I'm also working on that solution. So the solution and the glaze and all that will be in the tweets, the tweets us that I'm getting ready to to add to my collection. And you know what? For anybody who's listening, who's a cookie decorator, and if you have small children, get a package of Terry's tweets markers in all the colors. Because when your child wants to help you, what you do is you take a couple of cookies, you ice them white, you let them dry because they need to be good and dry. You give them the cookies, you give them the edible markers, you tell them to draw, and then you tell them they can eat it. I did a birthday class with cookies. And these kids were probably eight or nine. And at the very end, I gave them edible markers and a sugar sheet. Um, And I said, draw whatever you want. I didn't tell them they were edible. At the end, I said, now take a bite. And they're like, what? I said, oh, you can eat that picture. Oh, I will never forget how amazed they couldn't believe it because I didn't tell them that ahead of time. So fun. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that that's what's so cool, too. It's all edible. Yeah, <laughs> I do love working with the kids. And I really I liked working with Down syndrome. Yes, as well. Their attention span is very short. So right. You never could do it for very long. But Oh my gosh. Talk about heartwarming. Yes. That was just really heartwarming. So you're amazing, Lauren. (laughs) So are you. (laughs) So Terry, my goal in doing this podcast, and I don't even know if I shared this with you, but I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've always been that way. And I think that it's such a great way to live. It's not always easy, but you have the satisfaction of knowing that you pushed through and did something that is sometimes hard. And there's so many benefits of working for yourself. So I want people to listen to your story and other stories and think, maybe if they did it, I can do it. If I can do it, anybody listening can do it. What kind of advice would you give to them? I tell them the first thing, I mean, you got to unleash your passions. The one thing I discovered in doing this is the good Lord said, okay, you got to figure out how you're going to have some balance with this thing. Because as cookiers, we can get so obsessed with the cookies that there's no balance in our life with kids or anything else. Right. So just decide maybe right off the bat, Am I just going to do this for friends and family as a hobbier? Or is this something I really want to take into a business? If you really want to take it into a business, then I would say pick your lane of the business that you want to go into Uh because it's going to be all consuming. You want to put your best foot forward to Uh do that. And then the other thing I think that's really important is for me, it was always about sharing from my heart, the love that I had. Right. I, and I mean, I did it because I wanted to make extra money to help supplement our family income. 
But that wasn't, the money piece was never a part of it or a factor for me. Right. It was really about sharing it. And when I kept that piece out of it, I kept that piece to please me out of it. I wasn't trying to make this about me and how I could get ahead and how I could build this. I really consulted with the man upstairs about where I tried to see where he wanted me to take this. And he literally has opened all the doors, like the doors with the pens and the doors with everything that's. And when I step back and I give myself enough time to listen first before I just jump in, Mm-hmm. that's been the big thing for me. And then I've really stuck to the gift of, I haven't deviated from my lane. I've always worked on a white canvas mm-hmm. <laughs> and drawn on the cookie. Right. I didn't try and reinvent. I didn't try to become a great air, airbrush artist. I didn't try and do great wet on wet. Oh my gosh. Jill Wetstein with, Funky Cookie Studio, amazing graphic artist that she, everything she did was wet on wet. And then she did with black outlining with black. Her stuff was amazing. I was so driven by her whimsical style. And so it's just stick with your style. There's so many people that you can tell exactly what their style was. So just stay in your lane and keep, keep the amount that you're doing just to a minimum. Steve Ells with Chipotle would say, don't ever give them more than six things to choose from. Uh-huh. Same thing with your designs or whatever you're picking. Keep it simple because when you got too many choices, you're all over the board and that creativity muscle can't handle that many things. Keep a couple things in there to link to your heart. Yes. I have enjoyed talking to you so much. I'm going to ask you a couple speed round questions. What is your favorite cookbook? Do you have a favorite cookbook? <sighs> I love Ina Gardner. Oh, me too. People have told me I look like her. And I'm like, listen, that, that is a compliment, but I don't see you it. And I wish, totally I, I, wish I could cook like her. Stacy looks like Jeffrey. <laughs> oh I, I like her a me lot. Too. And then if you could make cookies for anyone who is either still alive or who has passed on, who would you like to make cookies for? It's a hard one. That is a hard one. I guess my grandma. Oh, my grandma probably. Because she was a great baker. She's She was a great baker. And then just making a really pretty cookie for her, maybe that would be it. Yes, I think my answer would be the same. I would want to make one for both my grandmothers. One always did really really special things for us. She had a drawer in her house where we'd go visit and it would be filled with M&Ms and we always knew that they were there. So it'd have to have M&Ms. And then my other grandmother was an incredible baker. She lived on a farm and made 25 pies a day and and bread. And so that's why I would want to make cookies for my grandmothers also. Yeah, grandma. But it's so good to talk to you and tell everybody where they can find you and where they can purchase your amazing pins. So my website is Tweets Cookie Connection. So www.tweetscookieconnection. That's where all the pens are. Okay. And and I'm really excited because I'm going to update and this my new person that I'm hiring is going to help me 
update and get everything current because I'm just, I'm not good about it. There's some things that I've let slide because I want to keep balance in my life. And social media is a big one. And since I can't really get out there and teach, I got to put that on the front burner. I'm sure, Terry, if you just put the word out, if you have some pins, could you make a video for me? There are loads of people who would love. I know all the time. They're like, please put me on your list. So I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. And if you go on the Instagram and, and scroll down through my stuff, you'll see some videos on there. Okay. And, and I actually show how to work with the cotton candy, the quilling, the chocolate, and some of those things. And then on uh, Holiday Cookie-a-thon, this year, I'm going to show how to do the melted candy melts. And then also, I'll have some bonus tutorials. So sign up for that. I'm doing Cookie Snack Attack. Uh-huh. I'm doing some stuff on a live show, a feed with her. And I just got to get out there a little bit more. There's always tomorrow, Terry. <laughs> I know. And God willing, that's why I'm not going anywhere. So and I try not to spread myself so thin because I'm cognizant of, of I've got to stay healthy because I got to do this for a long time. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. I have enjoyed talking to you so much. I've always seen you, but I've never met you. And so glad to meet you at Cookie Con. And I just am thrilled to get to know you better. Ditto to that whole thing. Now I feel like I got a whole nother new best friend in Cookie Con. Yes, yes. And a soul sister. I can't believe how our lives have really paralleled one another. We have a lot in common, don't we? I love it. So much. Yeah, we have to chat. We do. (laughs) Okay, Terry, I'll talk to you later. All right. Again. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's chat and don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. We release new episodes every Thursday. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would mean so much to us. And remember to check out the Cheerful Box. It's the perfect companion to help you unlock your creativity and help make your baking dreams come true. You can find it at www.cheerfulcutters.com. So until next time, keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a whole lot of passion. I'm Lauren Jacobs, and this is the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast. Thank you.